0: That. This call is being recorded.
1: This call is being recorded, and it is your com podcast. Uh, back for another installment of our 10th season on the planet. Unbelievable. 10, 10 years of doing this crap uh, with these great people. I'm about to introduce this is your host, Brad Shaw Ben. As always, I'm joined by uh, my two significant others. No, I'm just kidding. My cohorts. First off, from Suburban Zone 22, wherever the hell that is, uh, in glorious uh, western Pennsylvania, he is still perch. He's alive. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. What's going on, guys? It's uh, almost football season. How how bad can it be? It's it's all pretty good. Also joining us, um, while it's still there before a a Category 6 hurricane comes through, uh, somewhere in the reaches of South Carolina is our... uh, our own personal curmudgeon, of that to like the tune of your own personal Jesus, it kind of works out. He is FC. He's with us. How are you, sir?
2: I am doing very well, sir. How are you?
1: I'm actually. Uh, I feel pretty good about the Steelers season and about football season in general. Um, and it's a, it makes for an excellent escape from everything else going on in the world, <laughs> like the threat of nuclear uh, annihilation and crap like that. So, why not, right?
2: Correct. Right. Back and in, college football uh, on Saturdays excellent again. So I mean, you can just wind right into the Steelers Sunday.
1: True. Well, it was a, it was an amazing uh, college football weekend. If the NFL lives up to that this week, it'll be it'll be tough to see. Well, um, Purge, I'm going to start with you. Haven't talked since the draft. Uh, been a few developments since then, as some of the draft picks have panned out, and some haven't, and some have joined the. Uh, I guess I'll start with Cameron Sutton. He appears to get this year's. Uh, uh, Senquez Golson honorary uh, in the tub can't make the club in the tub somehow made the club in the tub uh, this season uh, what do you think about the Steelers draft picks as they panned out and particularly Cam Sutton
3: oh I got to defend Sutton a little bit I've actually seen Cam Sutton take a snap
1: you know so you can't <laughs> quite put him in a, in a
3: Senquez Golson I mean if you if you looked at it Senquez the Steelers played 50 games 5-0 50 games since they drafted Golson between preseason regular season and postseason he never took a single snap and how many millions of dollars did that guy make over a couple of years it's just unbelievable what he was able to do for for not doing anything uh so yeah you can't put anybody quite in that category but Sutton you know the reports on him were pretty good and, and the one preseason game that uh that we did get to see him he played played pretty oh, I guess he played two the first or the third the third game he did pretty well the fourth one he had a couple of, of mistakes but um yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the big thing is, you know, Tomlin pretty much admitted today that they anointed uh, T.J. Watt the starter from day zero. When's the last time we saw the Steelers draft a guy and make him a starter before he even took a practice snap? I mean, I think he's earned it. Uh, he certainly looks like the real deal, but, uh, you yeah, know, that's definitely breaking from tradition. Um, you know, Juju, I, I mean, well, do like...
1: let me okay, Let, let me interrupt there, you then. for just a second, just just quickly, on, uh, on Watt. Do you think Watt has actually earned a starting job or do you just think it, you know, it suits the Steelers for now for him to be the starter like kind of like they did last year with Jarvis I'll, I'll put it this way I think he's played well enough and
3: shown enough that um he's not going to it's not going to be too much for him and let's face facts on Harrison you know he could still dominate like we saw him in the last preseason game basically take two offensive linemen and carry him to the quarterback um, when when he's you know he's thirty he's going to be forty years old this year you know if if we can hold him to ten ten or twelve you know snaps a game where he can just go back and pin his ears back and destroy somebody that's the ideal use for him and I think that uh, that Watt's coverage and, and his play in the run game and his ability to get after the quarterback and really his hustle he's a smart guy and he, bust, he busts his butt uh, I think he's he's shown that he's up to the task of of being a starter. Did he beat out Harrison? No, but
1: you know he's there for his role, and it allows Harrison to move into his. Yeah, I got you. Um, the you're uh, FC. I pick up with you, Juju. You know, you know, I don't know. It depends how you view injuries. It's like either you view the guy's a china doll, or you say, well, he's tough. He toughed it out. I just had some bad luck with him. He did. He did look good on a few uh, snaps that he took. So there's some reason for optimism. He seems like a good fit.
2: Oh, he's a very good fit. You know, uh, he's a he'll be a very good opposite you know, player opposite of Antonio Brown if uh we keep Martavius Bryant long term. Um I mean you can play Juju Smith, you know, at the flank or at the split end in the slot. So he's got, you know, wide receiver, he's flexible. You know, you don't have to line him up, you know, just on the outside or just in the slot. Um he's physical. Um he has good hands despite, you know, uh, he didn't really show poor hands for the Steelers but I mean, that was one of the knocks is that uh he dropped some balls in college. But um I view him as, you know, at, at worst a very solid number two wide receiver. And um I think that he actually has some upside where he could be a one B, you know, opposite you know, Antonio Brown and be a quality quality player. I mean he he's a very willing blocker, which doesn't seem very important until you realize that you know the Steelers threw something like two hundred and some balls less than ten yards last year we are the we are the bubble screen smoke screen flanker screen team you know one of the you know we throw it as almost as often as New England, so you know that's an extension of the run game so you you got to have wide receivers who are willing to block, and that's how you take those four yard catches and turn them into fifteen and twenty yards at times, so I think he was a very good fit. With stall traffic.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I, you're, you know, you're trying to get my blood pressure up already talking about how we led the league in these in bubble screens and zero screens and.
2: We are. That's what oh we my are.
1: God! It's like I understand we have some guys that can have ability in that area, and that's an extension of our run game. But it's like that's the thing we already run it a lot compared to most teams. I mean, in in the current state of the NFL, we run it a fair amount, not necessarily top five or anything, but significantly more than some teams. And then on top of that, we have this extension of our run game to the outside. It's like, man, uh, um, you know, it would be nice to see some of those dynamic players uh, with some more vertical play. But you know, we are this is we
2: Todd Haley offense. we got to keep Ben upright. He can't, he can't hold on to the ball longer than three seconds anymore. you got to cover <laughs> up for two offensive tackles that are pouring pass pro. I mean, yeah, we gave up 17 sacks last year. We also had the ball out as quick as any team in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> because of the bubble screens and because of Frankenstein, yeah. you know, Frankenstein in the pocket. <laughs> er, <Ben. laughs> he looks like he like, uh, beat with the offensive lineman all off season.
1: Well, I told you, I saw, I don't know if you guys have ever met Ben. He's wearing in his wife's
2: just, nursing bra, man. Come on conditioning. I, you know, Get some. seeing him,
1: <laughs> seeing him next to uh, the offensive lineman, He he's bigger but, than most of them. I mean, just, Right, he, you know,
2: he's, he's he's fat like those tackles. Correct.
1: He's a big dude. Uh, Perch, how about the the lesser uh, half of the draft picks? You know, below Cameron Sutton. Oh, well, we actually, we didn't mention Connor, Dobbs, um, Allen. What's your take on this sort of uh, middle part, later part of uh, the Steelers draft?
3: Yeah, I'll go back to starting with Juju on down. I mean, the thing that really pissed me off with the draft, and the thing I was kind of down on. What we had identified was the major needs going into the draft. You know, outside linebacker, okay, they got that with the first pick, but corner safety tight end. And I was banging the table and screaming, corner safety tight end. And they went and took a a guy who's going to be a number three receiver, a backup running back, and a backup quarterback in round two, three, and four. Uh, If it wasn't for them scrambling here over the last two weeks to make three, you know, two trades and signing a Joe Hayden who got cut – they would have had major holes at those issues, at those positions. So they kind of got lucky they were able to fill it in the manner they did. But, uh, you know, one thing I, I uh, will say I was very in favor of, the people that they kept on the team and who they come. they effectively cut, you know, their, a starting corner or traded Ross Cockrell uh, in order to keep Brian Allen. And, and Brian Allen, you know, if you think today who's a better corner, I think Cockrell's a better corner than Allen. However, you look at the potential with Allen and the things that he was able to show and improve uh, from training camp all the way up through preseason. It was really nice to they, you know, recognize that potential and, and carved out a spot for him. Um, as far as James Conner, you know,
1: uh, I think he'll it's be. It's the okay value. I, I'm just saying, James Conner, fine running back. You know, seems like a, a good person. Maybe maybe has a little character upside to him and all that kind of stuff. But the Did value... you know he beat
3: cancer and played for Pitt?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bought his jersey because
3: I heard that. No, okay. um, yeah, I mean, yeah there, there's a there's a reason he's the number two selling jersey in the NFL because yins are going to Yens and and they're going to you know they're going to anoint this guy the next Benes and he's going to be the most popular player in the city just because he played at Pitt. He's a uh, three downs and cl- three yards in a, a cloud of dust running back, and he beat cancer. I mean, to me, just objectively looking at the pick. You know, he's a guy that profiles as a you know, I I, I I couldn't see him being your feature back. He's a he's a good number two guy, you know, he can take some snaps and play the power game. I don't think he's particularly dynamic. You know, he can catch out of the backfield. He doesn't have the ability to, you know, run routes like a receiver like a guy like Le'Veon Bell does. But to me for the third round pick when they needed more corners, more safeties not a tight end, it kind of just pissed me off. But uh yeah, James Conner, I think he'll be fine as a number two. You know, he fits fits the mold. Um, Dobbs I think is a train wreck. Uh, I don't think mm. anything good ever yes, er, ever yes, comes of Josh Dobbs. <laughs> you know, you, I, I would be
1: fine
3: if they didn't even go with two quarterbacks is what I was hoping, but uh, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, me too. Well they they and still then, have one more cut to make. They still have one more cut to make before uh Sunday. So there is hope. Um
3: yeah, somebody's <laughs> gotta get well yeah, unless they don't play bell
1: this week. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, that would be news. That'd be newsworthy. Um, hey, uh, FC. Just on that note, on the the Connor Dobbs. I'll give you your chance to have a say too. But after Connor in this draft, and I'm just going to talk about guys who who either flashed in this in the preseason and made their team, or, or they're Mack. even talking about giving. I mean, Marlon Mack, perfect fit. We talked guys. We talked about on the on our draft podcast when we were thinking about you know who fits. Tariq Cohen, Marlon Mack. Um, what's his name uh tj logan even you know as a returner and d'angelo henderson and you know the taking five rounds later basically than james Conner.
2: you, you I, just, just briefly went over tj logan also as a returner i'm just going to quickly put this in the perspective for Pitt fans and for Jensers. he actually had better kick returns and punt returns last year in the acc than quandre henderson who is as good as i've ever seen as a return man that pit, at least. I mean, so we're talking elite kick returner, where if you drafted this guy just in the fourth round on kick and punt return ability, just the chance to keep Antonio Brown off the fucking field on punt returns to keep him healthy and to get the fucking quagmires that return kicks off the field for us that we have out there now, he would just be worth it for that. It would be worth it for a special teams-slash-special-forces-type fucking player that could just give you field position. But continue on, sir. I'm sorry.
1: That's okay. I mean, he's going to miss the whole season. But still,
2: Fine. you know, you know, it, se- you know it's still, you're surgery, t- but trying but still. to have, you're strengthening a weakness in maybe the fourth round of the NFL, in, in the draft. The guy that can come in and contribute and help you win games now in the fourth round. And that's rare to get in the NFL draft, and especially in the fourth round.
1: All right, but let's and let's talk. I mean, your, your Josh Dobbs takes. Were you saying you agreed with Perch? I,
2: I couldn't quite hear you. Oh yeah, I'm not a very big Josh Dobbs fan. I'm. I'm if, if you're not accurate at the college level, you're not going to be accurate at the pro level. I mean, there's hundreds of quarterbacks that that from R- Ryan Leaf to Jamarcus Russell. You can throw beautiful balls. You can have arm strength. You can have quick release. You can be whippy. If you're not accurate, you're not accurate. If you're not accurate, you can't play in the NFL. The end. He's not accurate. He. He's smart, he processes information, he has guts, I love his athletic ability, he's not accurate, he's never gonna be accurate, he'll never be a quarterback in the NFL, a starting great quarterback. He can come in and maybe win you a game or two if you're in a pinch. I can think he could be a backup, I think he's a great team guy, I think he's super smart, hard working, he's not accurate, you can't win without an accurate quarterback.
1: Yeah, and I don't understand how that guy I mean I know that he was even expected there was talk about him getting taken in the third round. But I'm not really sure how that guy's a fourth-round draft pick. I'm mean, No matter what the draft looks like, there's, you know. So, you don't I guess that's just say the quarterback. could be
2: a great backup. You know, a great, great backup. And that's – a lot of people take that as a negative thing, and it's not. You know? Yeah. It's not a, a – but you take your backup. If you get him in the fourth or fifth round, that's – I don't have a huge problem with Dobbs, you know, as the draft pick. But I have a problem with – the expectations of fans that think that this guy is actually going to be the next in line. He's never going to be the next in line. He's going to be a yeah, quick but if you're, holder.
1: But Here's the thing. You if know? you're taking a backup quarterback, don't you want somebody that's a really quick study, that understands the game you know, and throws accurately, and what they're missing is like maybe the big-time arm or something?
2: Sure. You know, to me, it's like quick.
1: these guys like Kyle guy Ky- ain't Kyler. available,
2: well, I can get a guy that's still who, the quick learner, processes the information, has the arm strength, has arm strength. The only thing he is is that he isn't super accurate. Maybe I can go to play action pass where uh, he only throws the ball fifteen, eighteen times, and maybe three or four of those passes are pillows to Martavius Bryant or Antonio Brown vertically, and I can get points on the board. I mean, yeah. In the fourth round, you're, you're you're you. A lot of times, you're not going to find the super accurate quarterbacks because they get taken. Like every, it, we'll, it, we'll get around to it. Like people like they're knocking Mason Rudolph right now. And I sit back and I watch, and he plays in that junk offense, but he throws the ball where receivers don't break stride. Their balls are He throws a good ball. He's, and that's the first thing that I look for in a quarterback is the accuracy portion of the game. It's Tom Brady as Joe Montana. People like to say Brett Favre with all that arm strength or Dan Marino. They also were accurate. So.
1: Hey, uh, hey, Perch, before we move on from this subject, are you a little afraid what the Steelers might do when Ben Roethlisberger leaves in terms of – their their ability to find quarterbacks it's like their ability to find edge rushers or cornerbacks isn't
3: it absolutely i i mean i fully expect another extended period of time without an elite quarterback and it's not just the steelers it's the league i mean there's only a handful of guys, those guys ever out there to to fall into one is practically a miracle you see how many guys that are in the top ten that just turn out into complete busts or just mediocre quarterbacks or pretty good guys that never quite get it done and never quite win a championship or, you know, don't end up with a Hall of Fame resume like Ben's got. You get these idiot fans that call into the local sports talk radio shows and talk about, we need to draft Ben's replacement this year. No, you need to build the best damn team you can around him and win as many championships as you can the next two and three years that, that he's still around because after he's gone – you may not see another Ben for another 25 years, like the the drought you had between Bradshaw and Ben. You know, in the the track record of Colbert and and, and these guys identifying quarterbacks in the middle of the draft, they haven't even been able to find a a reasonably competent number two, let alone, you know, the next next starter down the line. So, absolutely, I'm all in these next two and three years. I want them to spend up to the limit of the cap and and do everything they can to keep the pieces they have in place because – if we don't get another number seven here in the next couple of years, it's going to be a long wait.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Well, um, just I guess the last quick subject is um, you know, elsewhere in the NFL this preseason, uh, anything surprise you? I guess like somebody you somebody you really thought was great that turned out to be bad, or some prospect that that you really thought was uh, you you were not a fan that turned out to be. Uh, Looked better than expected. I'll give you one. Uh, Matt, uh, it's Matt Days, Matt Dawes. What's the kid in is running back yeah, in Cleveland? State. Yeah, that kid looks like a different player in the NFL. Like his game suits the NFL. Uh, and really thought that he has more wiggle and looks better catching the football than most of the prospect running backs. And I kind of, I was down on him a lot coming out. He looks pretty good. Um, FC, I'll throw one to you.
2: Um. Surprisingly, I was. This wasn't this year. This is probably, I think, two years ago. Matt Juden for Baltimore. Yeah, I just I had mixed feelings, and uh, he's proved me wrong. I mean, he's Blair.
1: Yeah, Perk. How about you? Oh,
2: how about uh, Lawson
3: for the Bengals? Uh, I just uh, you know a guy that I I liked during the process and he's shown to even be maybe a little bit better than I thought he was going to be.
1: Yeah, um, I think uh, on the, along those lines for me it's uh, it's Mahomes like I totally was in I was all in on Mahomes, but uh, he's everything both crazy and good uh, that I that I thought would be like it's amazing that he could show all that in like three or four games like you know three or four meaningless games you're like okay I pretty much see the whole package of the kid. Uh, in the preseason, he's he's made some uh, made some uh, terrible throws that turned out good and uh, incredible throws. It seems like a, only matters really how Super
3: super exciting to watch, kind of like Barb. I mean, whether it's a, exactly. a, a, a,
2: a, 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 a,
3: a what the hell were you thinking play or how in the world did he do that? <laughs> he's no, no, be
1: fun no. to yes, watch.
2: yes, yes! You stupid <laughs> brilliant mother. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. Well,
2: well those, are those are fun. Those are fun guys to tune in. Yeah, Fat Andy found his Brett Favre. You know, that's what it comes down to. I know they that mm-hmm. they never. I don't think Randy Reed was in. Green... Yeah, he was. He was in Green Bay whenever. I think he was. The,
1: he Favre. was there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly.
2: It might kill him. I don't know. What, <laughs> you know, what, I mean, Pat Mahomes might kill him. You know, but.
1: Yeah. You exactly. Can't
2: training, you know. So and,
1: um. No, you can't, and you can't. To me, it's. Uh, I'm developing a theory on on quarterback prospects as I'm watching the college games this weekend. And my theory now is that it only really, the only thing that really matters in evaluating quarterback prospects is what happens when your first read isn't there um, or when it's third down in the ball game or the third down and like the game is starting to get on the line. Um, You know, that, that's like the two main things I now look for. And it seems to, it seems to be a good, good, good through line of, guys who are really players as opposed to guys who can play the position, hey, I know all the he knows all the coverages. And know. I mean it's Alex it's Alex Smith. It's um you know it's a guy that knows all the coverages, is comfortable, is you know, protects the football, does all the stuff coaches love. But, you know, what does that guy do when he doesn't have his first read? And what does he do when you really need him to make a play? Um and, you know, for you can't judge it necessarily just on the results, but guys just like Landry Jones is just a guy who will For the rest of his career, when his first read isn't there, he will dump the ball down. It doesn't matter if it's third down and eight, third down and 25. It doesn't matter. The ball's coming out. It's coming to a wide open guy underneath. He's not going to run around and try to make a play or even hold the ball for a second and and look to his third read or fourth read. It's not happening. Um, I, I I would add
3: to your list there, you know, what does the guy do when he's under pressure? Where does he look?
1: Uh, some of these
3: guys feel pressure and they immediately start scrambling or looking to throw the ball out of bounds or chuck it down. Other guys keep their eye upfield and think, "Hey, these guys are after me. Somebody's open deep." And that's just that's one of those things I look for when I watch these quarterbacks too. Is just what do they do when when things are breaking down around them? Where do their eyes go? And are they able to throw uh, and and stick with a throw if they know they're going to get nailed? Do they you know pussyfoot and, and fall into a ball? Uh, and, and lay on the ground, or they, they you know, lean through that throw and take that hit and then pop back up. That's something you just can't change and can't
1: coach. Yeah, 100% agree. We've talked about this before. It's like what is what is a guy's instinct when he's got pressure, he's about to get hit. It's that – because it's so split second that if it's not in the guy's blood to keep his eyes downfield or continue to make a throw, it's you know it's hard to train it's hard to teach somebody train them how to do that because usually it's the other way around they're really brave when they get started and then they get plastered a couple of times and they stop being brave anymore <clears throat> David Carr <clears throat> excuse me or was that the was that the was he the Houston one right
2: yeah
1: that child those guys those David Carr in particular was a guy that like had a lot of swagger and then he you know he got absolutely tracks, got kicked, kicked got out of swagger him out of them. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> absolutely anyway so um so perch uh the the positions that, that we all thought were kind of the weakest on the team oh, to uh to uh just you know talk about our weaknesses that we had how we addressed them uh our weaknesses at the draft I think we'd all pretty much agree were uh the secondary both safeties and corner uh tight end uh and you know maybe see what was going to happen at the inside linebacker position and uh, backup quarterback. What were you saying?
3: I, I just kind of threw safety in there. I mean, after the draft, they had done nothing right. to address. So they had what we felt two solid starters and basically JV, you know, practice squad material behind them.
1: So, so what I'm getting at is uh, that was our thought. You know, then some mm-hmm. of those things weren't addressed in the draft. How would you, how would you gauge where it is now? Um, I'm, I'm, I'll start with you, FC. We'll we'll throw it to Perch in a second because he, uh, I just. He's going to get the next, the last word on it. But how do you feel like we've addressed, addressed the uh, weaknesses that we had?
2: I mean, it matters what you think of Joe Hayden. It matters what you think of Vance McDonald. It matters what you think of J.J. Wilcox. Um, do I think they're a better team by adding those players? Yeah, or any of those players elite? Not really. I mean, we paid Joe Hayden like he's elite. Um, but you know, are we better today than we were in May and June? Absolutely. Um, do I believe that Vance McDonald could be a major weapon for this offense. Eh, I won't be surprised if he hangs six or seven touchdowns, um, which makes him a weapon. Um, and J.J. J. Wilcox, I will admit, I'm a fan. I'm, I might be the lone big, C. I won't be surprised if he's hard to get out of a starting job in Pittsburgh. I mean, I know that everyone thinks that there's no chance he's going to start unless Mitchell's injured. We'll see about that. I think eventually he's going to take a job off of either Sean Davis or Mike Mitchell because of uh, their issues tackling. And that's... It's an ongoing thing. If I, I think that Tomlin's had enough of the shitty tackling. I think they've worked on it. I think he's tried to coach it. And I think he's going to... I think it's an, a point of emphasis for the team is going to be you know, tackling... And that's it.
1: Well, that's the thing that the cost Ross Cockrell his job. Really, I mean, he 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 also started having some failings in coverage. But his coverage last year was decent. His tackling and you know his lack of aggression, getting involved in the run of the game and all that kind of stuff was 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 a huge problem. And and I you know for even even if Hayden is not the cover guy he once was. Um, he's a he's a pretty aggressive, uh, you know, tackler and stuff like that. And as you said, Wilcox is a big upgrade, I think, from either safety play. But um, as I, I, I said to you on the board, I don't know if you you know saw my response when not. you said that you thought that Davis was going to take Wilcox was going to take Davis's job. Is that well, you know it's fair to keep in mind for Davis that a he was a rookie and b he right. had a shoulder injury for almost the entire season, which kind of makes it hard to wrap up and tackle guys.
2: Um, so season that's that's oh, what i know. That's, i
1: understand i'm just saying it's hard to even get better at the job you know even if you know what you're supposed you know you're getting trained and you're supposed sure. to be improving so i'm i'm gonna wait and i'm gonna wait and see what what happens you may entirely be right about that sure. particularly because the missed tackles have been a real problem uh last couple of years but i love i love jj wilcox though i could i'd be happy if he if uh he was Want good to enough draw? to unseat yeah. somebody
2: so i agree
1: Hey, uh, Perch, do you think, you know, Cockrell's gone. Gay, is there a chance that William Gay's uh, about to catch the axe here? I mean, I guess there's safe, too much uncertainty in the safety position right now with injuries, it sounds like, since he's the backup, backup safety, no, he might hang I, in there. I, I but he was... Yeah, this is well, I was going to say, the main gave. job he was supposed to have was, was this dime, you know, linebacker safety thing, and, and you definitely bring in Wilcox to do that. Sorry, go ahead.
3: Well, no, I think William Gay is your veteran leader there in the secondary, and he can, you know, if Mike Hilton gets hurt, who the hell's your your slot corner? It's William Gay, you know. If one of the starters uh, corner get hurt, you know, maybe and the, the rookies aren't ready yet. Maybe William Gay steps in there. If one of your starters at safety go down, you've got William Gay. I just even in, in the die, maybe he's your fourth corner. He's just he's smart. He can still play the zone well. He's I think this is his last year with the Steelers, but they're going to use him basically as uh, kind of a leader and, and a guy who can fill in any real position they needed to. So I think he's safe. I think, you know, Robert Golden was just awful on defense in preseason. He's, I think he just stuck around for uh special teams abilities and, you know, the up back on special teams and whatnot, things that he does. Um, so he might be the guy that gets the ax there, but I think Gay's probably safe. Um You know, to me, I mean, looking at uh, – got Davis and Mitchell, and Mitchell seems to – you know, he he throws his body around so much, he always seems to be getting nicked up. He plays through it, but he's always playing – you know, comes off the field, dragging his shoulder every game, it seems like. Uh, Looking at the backup safeties, I mean, they were guys that if they were cut – you know, if Robert Golden's cut tomorrow, Nobody in the league is picking that guy and put him on the roster. You know that, that's kind of what I thought of of our backup safety. So I love the signing of Wilcox. Uh, it just you, you got a guy who's a, just a, a head seeker. He's a, he's a big hitter. He, he wraps wraps up tackles. Maybe not the greatest coverage guy in the world, but he's an NFL starting experienced guy. And to have him for your third safety, I think was just a huge acquisition. Um, so yeah, and that was kind your, of good. Interesting.
1: Rich- he Seems like he has good instincts and in coverage, even if he's not the he's best a former at least quarterback. he anticipates a little bit. Yeah. He, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean just
2: He was actually a good can't. quarterback. As funny as that sounds. I mean he was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll put it he really I can't think of any defensive back in the NFL that hits harder. I really can't. I'm I, I, I sat and I thought about it last night. It's the NFL's kind of Cam Chancellor, maybe. But I mean he really doesn't as much because he, he he's more of a smart player. And Earl Thomas is the one that's thrown his little hundred eighty five pound yep. body around like a psychopath. But I mean, he's <laughs> a good player. He's a real good guy.
1: Yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about the tight end situation, uh, Perch. This uh, I mean, what do you, they said that, uh, in the press conference today? Tomlin said that they're still trying to work out, um, you know, the num- things like the number two tight end who like who it's going to be how much they're going to get used and so on so that to me is not exactly a big vote of confidence in i guess jesse james right i mean because i would think that McDonald's brought here to start maybe i maybe i'm wrong about that what do you but, think they're going to no, be at the tight end i i
3: this is how i see it playing out and before they signed vance mcdonald
1: we had the single worst
3: tight end group in the nfl and I'm not sure if we're, we're yep. anything better than number 25 right now. So, yeah, that, that's about all you could say about the position. But to me, I think what's going to happen is, you know, McDonald came in a week ago. I think he's battling Grimble for number two. I think as the season goes on and he gets practice reps in and he gets more comfortable, he'll be the one and James will be the two. I think it, they're not going to just bring him in and anoint him, as Tom I would say, hey, here, you're the starter. I think Jesse James is going to start that game. And I think they may even uh, – alluded to that or maybe even announced it today. So I think uh McDonald and Grimble are kind of fighting for who's number two this week. I would say by week four or five, McDonald's a starter and Jesse James is two and that's what we see, you know, the back half of the year.
1: Yeah, I guess i will be I'll be a little surprised. Um you know, it just feels like they they were interested in having, you know, more and they would have kept David Johnson if they weren't interested in trying to get guys that are more movers. Um and so that just I guess I'm interpreting a little bit. Go ahead, FC. How
2: how often did we play a fullback or an H-back last last year? So anytime we're in bigger pro personnel, that's going to be two tight ends. So that's going to be Jesse James and Vance McDonald. So, I mean, like whenever we're, you know, three wides, who's going to be the tight end? Most likely Vance McDonald because he's more of a passing threat, at least he's perceived to be a bigger passing threat. But if we're, like, probably trying to slam the ball in there, I won't be surprised if it's James. I think the the snap count, I don't know if we're going to have necessarily a true number one and a true number two tight end. I I mean, we're going to have two tight ends on the field. And then I think it's going to get maybe more by formation or, you know, like trips, like when you're, like, with the three wide receivers stacked formation and you have the tight end, you know, to the open side of the field. I think that, you know, Vance McDonald makes a lot more sense because he's more athletic and more versatile than – Jesse James is, who's not, sure. you know, necessary. He has problems separating. I mean, for for some reason, he just whenever the pads go on, he doesn't separate. But he looks like he's a fluid athlete, I, you know, because I watched you know some of the training camp, and I was like, wow, he really is moving, wow. And then the pads go on, and he's stiff, and I don't get it.
1: You know, it's just it's just that bur- It just seems to lack that little separation burst that some guys have, even slow guys. Some of them have well, that. Like a Gronkowski.
2: The, like, the, the understanding of how to create space. Maybe it's a little nudge or a push-off. Or, I don't know what it is, and I'm not really trying to hammer the guy because you can tell that he works. It's not like he's a fucking plug that's stealing his paycheck. Like Sanquas Golston, <laughs> you know, as Perch said, you know, 50 games, what do you do? Jesse James from day one has, you know, at least tried to – you could see the, the, the effort, and you can see that there's some improvement, definitely in the run game. And, you know, you just wonder, how is this guy not able to get open whenever, you know, guys that are inferior talent-wise are able to get open?
1: Yeah, and I, I you know, Doyle, like you guys might be totally – How
2: does Jake Doyle get open, <laughs> you know, when Jesse James can't get open? Just, you know, um, Jake Doyle plays for the Colts. So.
1: so so you might be totally right. First of Oh, David Johnson even – Got yeah. open more, which is such a scary thing. um You guys may be totally right about Jesse James still being trotted out there kind of as number one. I just part. The other thing I realized I was taking into account was Jesse James played one of the worst games he's had in a Steelers uniform. The game immediately before they made the trade, which which is what made me think. Well, maybe this is a little bit of a you know uh it, lack of they lost patience with his improving from year two to year three. Um, no, just a thought. Um, so, uh we guys we have a, we got a couple of callers. I just want to try to to uh get to them. The first one is oh Canada, blame Canada. Greek oh, deals with us. And
2: Italian, on guard for thee. <laughs> how
1: about those blue jays? How about those Jays, man? How about those Leafs? I think Greek is probably working right now and pretending to not be talking to us, so we're gonna put him back on hold and uh and that means Smith is smoking oh, is with us how are, are you? you? Vision, right? I can hear a Greek at the bottom. Oh, oh, wait. Maybe, I'll, maybe I I'll, lost. You can hear him at the bottom. Hello, Greek. No, we got, we got, no Greek. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just uh, somebody far off. That's okay. These people, you know, they were, I, they were so patiently hanging on, and I'm now just like going to them without warning. So it's
3: okay.
1: <laughs> it's all right. We we can listen to ourselves talk a little bit more. Uh, to that end. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, the, I just want to talk about contenders, contenders and non-contenders are going to go for our, around the league segment brought to you by.
2: Chico's Bail Bill bonds. You know what? Dean fucking Blandino took the money and run. He went to Steve Miller. He's like on Fox now, <laughs> Dean Blandino. So he can no longer be a sponsor.
1: Uh...
2: uh, how about like, um, I guess we can't have hurricane Harvey as a sponsor either. It would be in bad taste.
1: <laughs> Hurricane Ir- Hurricane Irma, <laughs> maybe we could yeah. you know hey, not I'm two hundred miles soon. inland.
2: Come on, motherfucker. <laughs> this is the way I feel. Here soon, you ain't getting me. Soon, I'm soon. in the dry part of South Carolina. Where too we have soon, hills and we have country too soon. and we have cold bear <laughs> and barbecue. Too
1: soon. Too soon.
0: <laughs> Perch. <laughs> Let,
1: let's, I'm gonna mute F C is what I'm gonna do. Perch uh I mean, uh, we're going to agree. New England is the number one favorite. Aside from New England, and you know, whether or not the Steelers are a contender, um, who are the other teams? What do you, what do you think? Is it? Uh, well, you tell me. I won't. I won't throw any more names at you.
3: I mean, to me, I think it's whoever comes out of the West, and I think the West comes down to Oakland. So I think it probably will be Oakland. But San Diego's quietly amassed a bunch of talent. I don't know if, you know, it's probably been about the last eight years I've been saying, you know, this could be the year San Diego actually does something, and they never do. So I, I keep them on the back burner. But I I still think Kansas City's got enough quite yet to get over the hump. I think Alex Smith's going to be starting for the large majority, if not the whole season. Denver doesn't, you know, they don't have a quarterback. The, the NFC South, or the AFC South, I, I could give a rat's ass less but I am those teams. I think Tennessee may end up coming out of there. Houston's defense will keep them in it. But to me, the third contender after Pittsburgh and New England has got to be Oakland.
1: You like Oakland more, more than Kansas City even, huh? I do. Yeah, if I'm Carr not, was healthy I, I,
3: last year, I think they would have, uh, you know, uh, gone you know, even further than they did. Perch at the defense on so the head with San
2: Diego. on the, yeah? the head with San Diego. He really did. That's, that's astute. And, you know, it really is. Um, so I think the AFC West is going to be absolutely the best division to watch football in because, you know, the Raiders, Chargers are for real. Denver, you know, they may be, how funny is the NFL where Denver might be the worst team in the AFC West, you know?
1: Yeah, well, it feels like that division has
2: uh, three teams with really good defenses
1: and eh, offenses. And one team with a really great offense and a eh,
2: defense. Right. I mean, I think the Raiders had the fewest sacks in the NFL, but the second most turnovers created last year. Which is a kind of weird stat because generally pressure usually the turnovers. But I think they had the second fewest sacks, and that's with Bruce Irvin and um, the kid from Buffalo. It's a stud, Khalil Mack.
1: Khalil Mack. Yeah. Yeah, Unbelievable.
2: Second fewest sacks in the NFL. And or and uh, the second uh, most uh, or the least amount of sacks in the NFL and the mo- second most created turnovers. I heard it in the preseason game, which and I just was like, wow, that's kind of bonkers. But anyway, um, Atlanta and the NFC I would look for. I don't I think that's sure. kind of obvious. They're very talented. Um, if I had to, uh, the the NFC South has that history of no team repeating. Tampa Bay, as as funny as that sounds. You know, they just TJ Ward, so their safety issues are completely solved. And uh, they I don't know what to think of Jameis Winston, but Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson are two very dangerous targets outside. Cameron Bray is a pretty good tight end.
1: Yeah, if I was going to pick a surprise team, I like Tampa Bay. I watched them a couple times in the preseason, and uh, they do seem like they're sort of – it's come together a little bit for Winston and – and Evan, they, and they have this connection. The
2: boy inside is just ridiculous. Sean Spence coming, or not Sean Spence, uh, Spence uh, coming off the corner, and they got the kid that started at Ohio State, got busted for ecstasy, and then ended up at a different school. I can't remember his name. Do you remember his name? Perch, the That's fine right? young lad that uh, started <laughs> off at the, <laughs> what's that? Spence, right? Yeah, Spence. Okay, I, then I did have the right, Noah Spence. There it is. <laughs> So.
1: I just remember I just remember that his in his draft profile picture he had a big e on the side of his helmet, which I thought was appropriate for yeah you, you had me Good to see, uh... <laughs> well uh you know be, this let's let's talk a little bit about uh, just a couple of games uh, this you know on that along those lines just with the people we think are contenders at this point new England Kansas City on thursday i mean this is Kansas City being served up for the slaughter, right? no chance that they cover the nine.
2: I don't think they're going to cover the nine, but is there a chance they could? Yeah. I mean, D. Ford and Justin Houston coming off the edge could really make everyone's NFC season really, really, really good if uh, they happen to, you know, do the unthinkable. So, and obviously the unthinkable is to take Tom Brady out. But uh, <laughs> I can't they got a chance because they can rush the passer. Um, that offense is just – so pro not to make mistakes, you know. It's you kind of think that if they would start Mahomes, they'd have a better chance of winning in the playoffs than if they started Alex Smith now, and they probably would finish with a better record with Alex Smith. You know what I mean? That kind of. Yes. So. Yes, um, I do. I think New England probably will win the game by ten points, so that would be no. Kansas City will not cover.
1: Yeah, I know that uh, you know one of Kansas City's uh, starting corners is out. Uh, Steven Nelson, the kid you like, Perch. Right. That, that to me is a you know rough for them. Well, so it's the one of those games. He pretty bad. He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they got an extra safety or two. We could take one of them. Yeah. Um, Perch. Uh, let's see. Atlanta at Chicago.
2: <laughs> Atlanta is
1: a seven-point favorite. Uh, I think Chicago, I'm not sure that they're a big winner this year, but I think they're better than people think they are. Um, I don't know if they've announced Chicago
3: win more than three or four games, so I, I think Atlanta blow, blows. I'm surprised that line is so small,
2: to be honest.
1: But is is it – who did they – did Chicago announce that Glennon's the starter or not? Yeah, I
2: they're going to start Trubisky. So, yeah, Glennon's going to be the fucking starter, dude.
1: Well, in that case, Thanks. in that case, <laughs> bad.
2: let's lay it all on Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I think Atlanta's going to smack them. I, Atlanta. Everyone talks about their offense. Um, their their defensive line is kind of filthy. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're really, really athletic. I see a lot of Atlanta, and it's just like, how did that Grady Jarrett go in the fifth round? Is the first thing? The guy that had three sacks in last year's Super Bowl. Yep. Is basically, you know, it's just like, wow, wow, he's good. Yeah. And uh, yep. they yep, have a Vic Beasley on the outside. He's pretty pretty good, you know. He had a couple of sacks last year. So uh,
1: well, uh one one more, uh this is sort of a sideways one. Uh this is
2: uh,
1: Dallas at the Giants. The Giants are the only team that gave Dallas we didn't mention Dallas as a contender.
2: We still figure like Elliott, they think... what's gonna happen?
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, know,
2: I mean I'm not being an asshole, but you know, if right. you tell me Z Elliott if it's six games and he does it and he's out six games. I like Dak Prescott. i put it this way. Darren McFadden doesn't scare me at all. You know? Sure. And I'm putting eight and nine in the box, and and I'm coming after Dak. He's going to be making plays without no threat of the run game. So we shall see. Does anybody think that games is going to stick? Do you think that it's going to get – let's say if they reduce it down to four, do you think he takes it? or do you think he actually I, I, he says he's going to fight this in the courts and the, the entire I, way I, I
3: think they're suing and they're going to you know if he gets suspended he may get suspended next year you know right. it sounds like they're just going to drag put his
2: it thing off. Out. right i don't, I don't know what a man you the away with it cuz
1: you know the 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 NFL at this point is like they're just not it's there's too much at stake for them if they let themselves be ruled by a regular courts ruling you know because once they open it up to that, then, like, every decision they make, because they right. do so much arbitrary crap, everything's going to go to court They'll then. So I can understand. It's like bargaining
2: in pro sports.
1: Yeah, it could happen. Um, and maybe, I mean, I assume that's a bad thing, but maybe it not. Is,
2: it actually is. I think it is. As funny <laughs> as that <laughs> sounds, because I'm actually anti-company. I wish the players got more. You know, you hear about a, a pro basketball team being sold for $2.2 2 billion and the NBA is clearly the number three pro sport in this country, $2.2 billion for the Houston Rockets. And I'm not even going to make no yeah. fucking sick joke. I mean, $2.2 billion.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: Where are the New York Yankees right. well, worth? Where are the Montreal Canadiens worth? Where are the Boston Celtics worth? Where are the Dallas Cowboys or Pittsburgh Steelers worth?
1: Yeah, well, the um, we're going to have to find one of those uh, franchises to sponsor our uh, Around the League segment. Since we don't have yeah. him, we're lacking a lacking a disgusting corporate sponsor, you know, we're gonna have to uh, come up with somebody new. Although Dean Blandino could still be on there, I think I listened to him the other day.
2: I bet talk you should sponsor us.
1: Listen, that that fought, that final spot that ended the uh, UCLA uh, UCLA Texas A and M game. Yeah. Um, he was like pointing out how the you know was the spot was wrong and it really should be a yard back and they'll get it worked out and because they always get it right. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's not what you said when the Ravens converted third and 28 with a 27-yard run. Um, Mm -hmm. So, anyway, (laughs) he was the guy then, and he's still on my shit list now, so he can still be a sponsor. Um, Gentlemen, week one, your Pittsburgh Steelers. This is very exciting. We're talking about week one, your Pittsburgh Steelers, and Cleveland Browns. Um, You may not agree with me that that the Bears are maybe slightly better than a three-win team. I, i'm gonna say i'll make a bold prediction on the show right now i think the cleveland browns will not finish last in the division it's going to be uh they maybe even have a chance to keep it interesting for the number two spot in the division i think they're a decent football team um better than they were last year It seems to have uh you know the coaching has, seems to have taken a little bit um let's talk about the matchups for a second uh Perch, let's talk about their Cleveland's offense and what they're going to try to do uh, with their new quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser.
3: I'm just trying to think about what massive sum of money I can offer to bet you that uh, Cleveland <laughs> will not finish <laughs> in last place in the <laughs> AFC North. Uh, how, gonna, how many wins do uh, their starting quarterback – how many wins do all their quarterbacks combined have in the NFL? Uh, one?
1: Zero?
3: Zero. They have four quarterbacks who have never won a game. Oh, that's right. They've, they've,
1: they got rid of all starting at 20 year old, right? And they don't <laughs> even have an
3: experienced backup to help teach him. I mean, it, to me, it's going to be another train wreck. Although I do agree, they have they've definitely shored up the offensive line. I think uh, uh, Miles Garrett's going to be a stud in the NFL. I think Ogba's a good guy to go opposite him. I think they've got some good pieces on the back end uh, with Peppers uh, in there now and. They've still. I mean, their corners are pretty bad. Their linebackers are pretty mediocre. Their receivers and running backs are atrocious. Their quarterback play is not going to be good enough to win. They're going to be a two, three, maybe four-win team this year. And Baltimore's better. Cincinnati's better. And Pittsburgh's better. So that's that. I don't know. I don't know. Baltimore's better.
2: I don't know. Cincinnati's better either. You you like Kevin Zeitler. A lot more than I. Uh, I think that Cincinnati's got some major, major offensive line questions, losing Zeitler and Whitworth. I mean, uh, uh, they and I, I. I agree with a lot of points that both of you made. I believe that Cleveland is going to be improved. I believe that our division. I think that the Steelers are going to win ugly games versus Baltimore and Cincinnati, and probably this week against Cleveland. But they're going to win games, and I won't be surprised. If the other three teams just beat the piss out of each other and split them up, I could see, you know, the the, the Steelers winning 12 games, loving 12 games, and I could see the the second and third and fourth place team maybe, you know, with eight, seven, and six type wins, and that's I know six, a, yeah, six I is say. a lot for Cleveland, and I, and, and Perch, you, you said four, so me going to six isn't that out of the realm of possibilities. Um, I do uh, completely agree with every defender you named for the Browns being uh, improved, and I do agree their cornerbacks are kind of shitty, and their wide receivers are shitty. I see a Cruel in a horrible back. I would love to have him behind Bell, I'll put it that way, Um but he is not a true number one. I, I would I would say that he, he's like the other guy. But he's a good but other they, guy. But they
1: have a commit. They have a committee. That's what I'm saying. They have they have sure. like three guys that can try at you who aren't bad. And behind that offensive line, they'll be all right. The right. quarterback play will be better than last year, even though last year's sure. quarterback, even though you know, kid hasn't won a single game and he's to protect a rookie.
2: Kaiser. I, I mean, they're going to have to try yeah. to protect Kaiser to a point. You know, uh, Hugh Jackson's a pretty decent coach. I think Cleveland actually is looking up. And I mean Cincinnati. You know, I I look and I see they, they did great jobs. I love Joe Mixon. I mean, as a player, I'm not going to say anything about his character. And I love a lot of stuff. But then I look and I'm like, wow, two new offensive tackles and a new guard. And I like Andy Dalton, but you know,
1: not that much.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so so getting back yeah, to Ryan the rifle might be
2: running for his life a lot more than he's used to.
1: So getting back to the original question, Perch. Um, you you agree that uh, with the FC that uh, Cleveland will kind of protect their quarterback this week? What do you what do you expect the Browns to try to do the Steelers? Uh, my question
3: is, how the hell do they protect their quarterback? I mean, uh, they could try and run Isaiah Crowell into the Steelers. Mm-hmm. If the Steelers stop the run, they're fucked. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Corey Coleman and I, I actually like Corey Coleman. He's not you know g- going to be a game breaker. He's not going to break the game open. Kenny Britt's uh, <laughs> cast off and, and basically the other starter. Are we afraid of Sammy Coates? I mean, unless Nojoku is, is up to speed and, and tears up the middle of our defense, that's the only guy to even have some some level of concern about in that entire
1: offense. I think Nojoku to is too talented uh, a tight end to rip up the middle of our defense. We only let uh, tight ends who suck do that to us. All right, <laughs> go ahead, Bert. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I'm sorry, go ahead. I mean, looking
3: at that and trying to think from an offensive coordinator standpoint, what the hell do you do with that offense? I mean, they've kind of built it around the offensive line, but they don't have a real feature back. And the Steelers, you know, are still pretty stout against the run. If they're, if they're putting a rookie quarterback in, in third and long with the cast of characters they have at receiver, you know, good luck. I just – I don't see how they try and keep them safe. Other than run, 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 and hope their defense can keep the game close. You know, hope for a, a, a hurricane to get here a little quicker and, and the game to be played and, and driving a rainstorm. <laughs> Other than that, they have no chance.
2: My with yeah, think- them would, would they they could get the run game successfully going with that new offensive line. And the Steelers, you know, have showed some issues with some tackling and run fits, especially in, in this preseason. That may all change come week one, and I kind of expect it does. But my concern is I don't think the Steelers defense is going to be very good at the start of the season. I think that the Steelers week twelve, week thirteen defense is going to be a whole hell of a lot better. Than what we put out here week one and week two, because I think we're going to be forced to play Joe Hayden more snaps than we probably should at this point, because I don't think he really knows the defense. And the same thing could be said for J.J. J. Wilcox. I think they're going to be limited, but by week twelve or thirteen, they'll be up to paces and you know understand the concepts of the defense, where you know they'll be far you know more viable, and the error will be pointing up on the on the defense hopefully. And I expect our offense if. Uh, if we keep Ben upright, to be pretty pretty good. I mean, we got you know a couple decent weapons. Some some players are above average, you know, at the skill position. I I would take our skill position players over anybody's in the NFL, and still including New England's, even with the additions, you know, of Dorsett and Cooks and Gronkowski. I'd still take Martavius, Davis, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. I'll take my th- I'll take my three guys, you know, and I like Juju Smith Schuster and. I think those tight ends might be getting some pillows thrown to them, you know, where they may be wide open because teams are more concerned about, you know, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Martavius Bryant. Who are you sure. going to double? Who gets doubled?
1: Yeah, they have. I think they have bigger problems on the outside than in the middle. Unusually, a lot of NFL teams are going to, you know, uh, have more success against the Steelers outside and leave that middle open. But, you know, a guy like Jamie Collins helps them a lot. I think in terms of what they're, what they do Um, in terms of that, you know, the running backs and tight ends, they have, they have somebody there that can match up with a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, But But how many, how
2: many, how many teams have NFL or linebackers like a Jimmy Collins? I mean, he's really, he's really good in coverage. I mean, Hicks from Philadelphia is really good in coverage. Brian Cushing, whenever he's healthy, is shockingly very good in coverage. Very many. Kinkley. Luke Kuechly is not very good in coverage. Yeah. Anyway, that doubts that, you can watch Vince McDonald run by his ass. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, um, I mean, I guess you know. I guess I'm just a little bit concerned. I mean, I, we're always fairly optimistic on the show. I guess that's understatement.
2: Sure. Um, oh, I think the Steelers are going to win. But, but ugly but they're, this they're, the Steelers are going to win pretty this Sunday. It's I mean, going to be ugly. The Steelers are going to give up well, way more points than you guys are expecting. I'm, I'm just trying to—I'm being nice at this point. I, when we would, when we throw out a score, you guys are going to be like, "You're on fucking crack." I have absolutely no faith in this defense at this point.
1: Yeah, see, I'm—it's <laughs> this—I'm a little bit more concerned actually about uh, Cleveland's front. You know, with, with not just Miles Garrett, but the other guys. Like, if you—if you commit to, you and know, losing all your focus, Shelton,
2: to- absolutely killed that defense in my mind. You you, yeah. you you need that two-gapper. You, you've got to be able to seal the A-gaps. They're not going to be able to keep Jimmy Collins clean, and I think the Sears are going to really run the ball at will. You know, I like you. I like you, Miles Garrett, rushing the passer, and I like Hugo Boo. love them both rushing the passer, but I don't like them getting turned by Alejandro Villanueva and Marcus Gilbert and having to run through seal blocks. It's not going to happen. Alejandro yeah. Venueva is a lot of man. <laughs> Purge. Man. You,
1: you, FC's all fired up, by the way. He's taking all your air time, man. What? 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 Why don't you weigh on this? Uh, in terms of the Steelers defense being able to stop Cleveland, or Cleveland's Cleveland's front being able to slow down the Steelers offense. All
3: right, it's a rookie quarterback. I mean, come on, guys. It's a rookie quarterback. His first game. The Steelers are going to confuse him. You know, he. he you know, that's kind of the knock on him too. Is is some bigger games and some tight situations uh, for all the physical tools that uh, Deshaun Kaiser has, he'll melt down. Uh, I think that uh, once the Steelers' offense is going to go out and put up points, the Browns are going to get behind. It's going to come on to Kaiser, and and the Steelers are going to show him a bunch of different looks. And I, I think the game gets ugly in the second half once the Steelers build that lead. Now, I mean, who knows what happens in the first quarter, uh, you know, uh, emotions and momentum of the first game of the season, and then being at home, and maybe they get an early score and keep it interesting. But I, I think that uh, as that game wears on, it's going to get ugly, and the Steelers are just going to overwhelm on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, I, easy enough to believe. I just uh, like you said, you hit, you know, you hit what sort of my one one of my worry points on the head. It's a home game for them. Cleveland still has hope. I mean, I I do think they're you know all this talk about I'm giving them about you know maybe not finishing last in the division. I think they're going to be better in the second half of the season than they are right now. Um, but that first game, there's something about it. Even even in seasons where teams were really good, they have lost that first game of the season. Even when teams are really bad, they look unbeatable in week one. It's a weird week. It's a very tough week to not only predict winners but to predict the score. Like like FC said, it won't surprise me if this is a close game for a while. I don't think I'm going to panic if that happens, I guess. Um, Why why don't you give me a score, uh, Perch, to lay on that blowout that you just predicted?
3: Well, this is a Steelers blowout we're talking about, so
1: I'm going to (laughs) go (laughs) 26-13. He used to call the Steelers blowout uh, 23-16, or 23-9. That's the Steelers blowout. Uh, FC, what about
2: you? I actually think the Steelers' offense is going to score points. Um, I just think the defense is going to allow more than a lot of people think. So I'm going to go with a nice score of 38-24. to 24.
1: Yeah, that's not far from where I'm at. I, I I had them right about in that range. I just dropped it down a little bit on both sides and because of the Steelers' fascination with running a ball and chewing clock. I'll call it 31-16 Steelers. Um, But, you know, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if a game is a, you know, 13-10 or, or, uh, you know, 14-10 or something like that early in the game. Um, Just feels like, you know, Cleveland's going to come out with a pizzazz. Steelers offense is going to take a little while to get going because they got new guys and they barely played together in the preseason and all that business. Uh, Or maybe they just, you know, Le'Veon Bell runs for 80 yards on the first drive and you're just like, okay, he's back. It uh, could be either. Um, Perch, I'll give you the first final word. Well, I think this whole season,
3: and my whole final word for this season, is going to center around one thing, and that's beating Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. It's got to happen sooner or later. Otherwise, this decade is going to be frustrating to remember. With uh, as many good looks as the Steelers have had in the Super Bowl, and and how many times do England's kind of stolen the thunder? But uh, my, my whole thing for this season is just beat Brady in the playoffs, win the seventh Super Bowl, and, and send him into retirement. So that's all I'm looking forward to. This is game one of 19 on the path to winning the Super Bowl and and hopefully breaking
2: Brady's leg along the way. FC? Um, I think the Sears offense is going to carry the team for the game of the year. The defense is going to be very slow to catch up. Um, They have talent, but – some of that talent is not uh, technically sound. If the Steelers want to beat Tom Brady, and uh, I think that you're going to have to improve in two areas. you got to be less predictable on both sides of the ball, and you got to be fundamentally more sound, meaning you got to block better, you got to tackle better, especially tackle better. And, uh, you know, enjoy the ride. You know, it's going to be a long year of ups and downs. And I think mostly ups you don't and downs. Know how-
1: you don't have. To, you don't even know how many more games with Ben Roethlisberger you have a quarterback. So, if that doesn't I make imagine, you favorite, I don't I think know. think the number is we'll going to be
2: thirty-eight, personally, regular season <laughs> playoff. That's my guess. But what do I know?
1: Yeah, I hope you're right. Listen, from both of you, your lips to God's ear, like you hit. You guys, I couldn't agree more with what any of you just said. Uh, I will add to that. Um, Something the the cheerleaders used to do in eighth grade, right? Be aggressive. Be be <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> that to me is the you know, the missing piece of what you said, you know, be less predictable, but make your mistakes going forward, uh, instead of being passive. Like like um my band director used to say in high school band, Dean Streeter, the late Dean Streeter, Bethel Park High School, genius uh band director and, and a big influence on uh not only my life but a lot of people's lives. Had a lot of great, you know, truisms, things you teaching learning moments kind of things. Uh and one of the great ones was um if you're gonna make a mistake, make it loud, you know? And it's like that's that's what I would like to see in the early part of the season. They have a relatively easy schedule to start with. Now's the time to play balls out and see what happens. See if the offense really needs to protect the defense. See if the defense really needs to lay back and avoid the big play, or if you know they can try to go after teams and uh, you know and, and put them away early, knock them out early in some of these games. Just feels like um, this is this is the time they have some players to do it. Totally looking forward to it. Gentlemen, off to a good start. Let's hope we uh, can speak next week after a giant Pittsburgh Steelers. Victory uh, against the Cleveland Browns in week one. Uh, on behalf of Steel Perch and F thank you guys for being with me. I'm your host, Bradshaw DeBen, aka Will Massasack. You can uh, okay. see us at steelerfury.com. You can also uh, check out about the show at steelerfurypodcast.com. But hey, very important uh, if you can do something for us this year, if you can leave us a positive review at either iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, something where kind can sort of raise our profile that helps a lot gets more people to be able to hear the show and find out about us and uh, we may someday be able to please um, Mrs B2B uh, about the amount of time I spend and the relative lack of income stream uh, that comes along with doing the show so uh, at any rate we may get a sponsor someday if we can swing that so uh, do you guys know any uh, you know greasy Ooh. corporate cash or lose Ooh. bail bonds.
2: <laughs> Snoop, Snoop exactly.
1: It. Hey, Snoop, if you're listening, you know yeah. how to reach us. Gentlemen, fine show. Talk to you next week. Uh, go so get them. Go
2: Stiller. Yep.
0: Let's talk about medical. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health,